the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to the marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 79, and our guest is Corey Ryan Forrester. Corey is a hilarious comedian from Chickamauga, Georgia. I got into his work because he's one-third of the Well-Read Comedy team with partners Drew Morgan and Marinade episode 9 guest Trey Crowder. Folks have been getting to know Corey a lot more lately through his viral videos, including rants against the Proud Boys and Marjorie Taylor Greene and not necessarily hilarious things, but but really heartfelt things. And that's one of the the, the qualities of... Corey, I appreciate so much is that he's hilarious, but he's also a very thoughtful guy. And that comes through in this conversation. He's an author. His book with Morgan and Crowder is called The Liberal Redneck Manifesto, Dragging Dixie Out of the Dark. I highly recommend, regardless of where you're from or what your station in life is, that you go get a copy. Um, He's a podcaster. I absolutely love his shows. Through the Screen Door with Corey Ryan Forrester and Matt Kuhn is always a great time. And then um, one of the handful of podcasts that I just don't miss is The Well-Read Show. Every single Wednesday with Corey, Drew, and Trey. And they often have amazing guests on. The first episode I listened to was uh, with Lydia Lovelace. And it's kind of like a... Now it's like a legendary uh, episode within their their experience with The Well-Read Show. Because it's also where they, Corey introduced the idea of uh, Papaw Batman, this vigilante old man going around and doing heroin and killing people who did bad things. It's hilarious, and um, and Lydia's amazing. And I just, that when I heard that episode, I was like, this, this is my shit. This is the kind of thing that I want to listen to all the time, and I do. They talk about comedy, politics, relationships, sports, just all the good bits that I appreciate. Y'all, this was such an honor. It is so fun to be able to bring you my conversation with Corey Ryan Forrester. Let's say this is the most divided we've ever been as a country. I still can't blame that on Barack Obama. You want to know why? You know what else has gotten really popular in the past eight or so years? Facebook! We divided the shit out of ourselves, y'all. That was us. Like, y'all remember back in the day when you used to have to get to know somebody for 10, maybe 15 years before you found out that they were crazy as fuck? You remember that? You remember that? The, the, the golden age? Not anymore, buddy. Now it's just one click. Fuck, delete, no. Absolutely not. Get off my wall, Satan. I'll have none of this. I don't need any Advocare. Tell, tell, tell your sister to cool it with the makeup. I don't need this malarkey. It is. It's the same, man. We are the ones that have divided ourselves. And like, we're doing it on Facebook. We're the ones in charge of putting everybody in these little groups. And there's like a million groups, and we're the ones in charge of it. Congratulations on your promotion to being the census man. I know you didn't go for the job, but you got it. That's what we're doing. We're dividing everybody and telling everybody what group they're going to be in. There's a million groups. There used to just be two groups. You remember that? It was, you were either a conservative or you were a liberal. You were a conservative or you were a liberal. You either had a gun or you were going to die. You you know what I'm saying? It's very, it's, it's messed up, but it's simple. I can count to two. I can do that. You can't even just be a liberal now anymore. And I know because y'all have told me on the GD internet. Thank you for that, by the way. You can't just be one. There's all these restrictions and requirements and shit like that. Like I, cause I've always thought that I was a pretty, you know, good hearted liberal dude. And then I went to, you know, other places in the country and I was like, wow, they're really doing shit out here. Son of a bitch. I, I didn't even know about avocado toast. Nobody even t- told, I, there, there's some meetings they're not inviting me to. That's all I know. <laughs> 
like, again, I, you know, I think that I'm a, I'm a decent-hearted liberal person, but as y'all know, uh, I'm liberal, but I'm from the South, so, you know, I'm a shitty liberal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, we just got it down here. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We, we are beta testing liberalism at best. We have no idea. I, I personally don't even know how it got started. My only theory is that some old boy just heard free pussy and drugs and was like, yep, absolutely, I'm in, I can do that. Sure as shit can, sign me up. <laughs> I'm not good at it though. I'm not even remotely good. Like, I'm, I'm a liberal, but like in the same way that the 2017 Cleveland Browns were a football team. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm here. I want to win. Why do you think I came? God damn it! I'm also embarrassed. <laughs> hey y'all! Before we get into my conversation with Corey, I have to give a huge shout out. We have a new Patreon patron, Lynette. Thank you so much, Lynette, for supporting the show, y'all. If you like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com slash podcast. It's just a way to connect with the show. Um, we absolutely have a blast over there. Everyone is so sweet, and we have this wonderful community of folks that support the show and interact on a deeper level. So if you really like what we're doing, go check out the perks that you can get on Patreon. And uh, I really appreciate any little bit. Any little bit goes a long way to making this a, a sustainable product. And uh, I'm just so thankful for Lynette and for everybody else involved in the Patreon community. Okay, for real this time, Corey Ryan Forrester. How quick was that shit? Amazing. Amazing. You're on top of your motherfucking game, baby. <laughs> There's all a- that email. Wow. <laughs> There's a reason why you're viral. <laughs> Man, good to see you. Thank you so you're much damn for right. doing this. So good. So Do good. I to sound see. okay? It looks like there's of course, a little, man. Might be a little delay. Um Okay. I hope not. I'm hardwired in. I should be as good as I can. I'm as good as I can be. I promise you okay. that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that could very well be my fault. Um I don't know. Let's let's roll with it and see how it goes. I think we're okay. Cool. You out in the boonies? No, I mean I live like um I live like real near downtown Orlando. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of nice cuz it's like a um it's kind of like a um little uh, working class kind of neighborhoods with just regular regular ass yards and n- normal yeah. life, you know, almost suburban feeling, but I I can yeah. ride my bike 10 minutes and be downtown in Orlando. That's so it's, awesome. It's really sweet. It's like there's there's plenty to do and there's, there's plenty of access to anything I want in the world, but I've got my little plot of land, you know, where my dogs can run around and everything. Yeah. I'm close enough to, I mean, Chattanooga, Tennessee is definitely not Orlando, but it's enough to where, you know, I'm here in Chickamauga, Georgia, got my yard. I got the park over here. Nobody bothers me. But then like, if I need, you know, I don't know, to go to a rock Creek outfitters, I can just go five minutes up the street, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's interesting. I mean, that's one of the things I kind of wanted to talk to you about too. I wanted to start by just saying congratulations on all of the success you've been working so hard for so many years and now you're getting the recognition and I'm just really proud of you and happy for you. Well, thank you, man. That means a lot, I guess. Uh, yeah. Luck is when, uh, what is it? When, uh, opportunity, hard work meets opportunity or something like that. <laughs> i guess yeah. that you can't predict virability but i'm certainly glad it gave me more followers so everybody can hear my shit now well it's funny like i even use the word proud as if like we're related or something but it's it you've been doing, i feel you you've, you know what i'm saying like you've been doing this for yeah. so long and i've been a fan for so long it's like to see it happen um from afar is just really exciting you know it's fun like those of us who've been listening to the well-read for sure years and uh, for us, it's like, yeah, hell yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, I, dude, I think pride is the is the right word, and I really appreciate it. That that means a lot to me. So we're um, we're, thinking about Chickamauga and thinking about you know the your choice to live there, um, still doing the comedy thing. Your comedy partners, Drew Morgan and Trey Crowder, moved out to California. Um, and you stayed there and and the thing that you do also um you have a bit on your uh, live at lexington where you talk about being a shitty liberal 
Yeah. Maybe we could joke about being a shitty liberal and how like I love how I'm getting like, better. <laughs> well, that, I think that's that's one of the questions I have is like I can I can relate to that in so many ways and and I just wonder how you balance it living where you live like because I know where I'm from about an hour and a half north of here like I just hate going home right now you know and have yeah. for a few years and you're just in the middle of it all the time um, and how do you balance that? Well, here's the deal. One thing that you'll have to understand that man i just didn't first off nobody saw the pandemic coming all right so yeah, let's yeah. get that straight so yeah i live here but when i bought my house here i was literally i was maybe home five days a, a month you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. to me so me and my wife get married and she's planning the wedding and stuff like that and i really wanted to move to la i was like man i just I think it's the right i think it's the right time to do and then i look and my wife's planning this wedding i was like i can't move her across the country and expect her to plan this wedding. not right now you know i was like who cares i'm gone all the time anyways anytime i want to be in la i just go get an airbnb or i stay at trace so what does it really matter if you're a traveling comedian you know home is where your hat is so like you know, that turned into, okay, we'll move out there later. And that turned into, I accidentally got drunk on a plane. And when I landed, my mom and my wife tricked me into going to an open house and I bought it, uh, because I was drunk and I, and, and, and they dude, they, they totally, uh, so here's, here's how it happened. I get off the plane. My, uh, my mom calls me as soon as I land and I was coming back from LA, which means and back in those days, man, I was hundred percent drinking because I used to not be able to fly without drinking. So I land as soon as I turn my phone on, it's my mom. And she's like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, I just landed. I'm hammered drunk. What are you doing, mom? And she's like, Oh, um, you know, I was just down here at this house that your buddy John had fixed up. And I was just seeing if you wanted to come, you know, maybe take a look at it. And I was like, why would I want to do that? So get in the car, my wife's picking me up. And I go, my mom just called me and she wanted me to go to this open house. She goes, oh, to see the house that John, I mean, what, what are you? And I was like, uh, all right. So let's, so they tricked me and, and I bought the house. But when I buy the house, I'm still, you know, I unpack, do my laundry. And then I, it's time for me to repack again and go mm -hmm. only now because of the pandemic. Am I actually living here? If that makes sense. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. And I, so and during the pandemic, speaking of drinking, you've basically stopped, right? So yeah. <laughs> I don't know of, if those two things go hand in hand, but maybe they do. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. And, and and for folks who are listening, you go into a lot of detail on, you have these kinds of conversations a lot on your podcasts, both through the screen door and then also on the Well-Read Show, which I highly recommend to everybody listening. If Although there's a, there's a ton of crossover. Um, that, for sure. My audience is not nearly, well, I mean, from my audience to your audience, my Hell audience yeah. isn't nearly the same size as yours, but I know about 80% of the folks listening, listen to you as well. You know, dude, I was about to say like that you, you get brought up a lot from our fans. Like I'm constantly seeing them, seeing them share. So like, yeah, no, there is, there is a lot of crossover and that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, but can you talk a little bit about the decision to stop drinking and then also like it can't be coincidence that you're you're blowing up now and you're so productive dude that's it i mean you said it right there like it really is like you know go figure you get sober and then all of a sudden these good things start to happen to you so i i've heard comedians for years that there's like every successful comedian when they're talking in an interview and someone's like when did you really when did you really start hitting it so many times the answer was you know, I stopped boozing so much and blah, 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 blah. And it's not like I stopped boozing and I got, and I don't think they're saying I stopped boozing and therefore I got funnier. It's just, you don't realize how much you're leaving on the field. You know what I mean? Like my decision to get more, and, and it's kind of, I don't want to say my decision to get sober because that kind of makes it sound like it was court ordered <laughs> or like <laughs> I, I had a bad problem. Now I will say I had like, I drank too much and I'm a bingy type guy. Like if we're partying, cool. We're partying from Friday to Sunday. You know, I'm going crazy, but I, you know, the pandemic happened. And to me, this, this might sound overly dramatic, but it's the only way I know how to describe it was that my, I had an identity crisis because I've been doing stand up comedy for this 17 years. I'm 33, which means 
been doing it most of my life. Um, and I'd never known anything other than go, especially going out on the road with the guys and being, you know, funny in front of people and getting that, getting that high from the crowd. I'd never known anything different. And so the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, when all of us thought, cause this was so unprecedented we didn't know what to think. All of us were like, well, I mean, you know, we're America. We'll knock this shit out and then we'll be back <laughs> out there. Well, I was thinking that and I was like, well, this is a welcome break from the road because I've been touring for like nonstop for five years every week you know i was like this is great so you know i did what everybody did i i uh ate pasta every day drank <laughs> like a son of a bitch and watched the wire you know <laughs> uh finally caught up on all those things but then it started becoming very evident that like oh my god this isn't going anywhere and then i start having the like dude like what are you gonna do like not not just for money but definitely I mean that too for sure mm -hmm. because that's how i make my living luckily for us you know, we had incorporated a long time ago. And so we were able to just pay ourselves a salary and we got one of those uh, small business loans, which was great. But oh, it, dope. Yeah, it was dope. Like yeah. it turns out us incorporating a couple years ago was smarter than we even thought it was. Wow. Um, now, granted, you know, that money eventually runs out. It wasn't like we were Ruth's Chris getting $5 million or something. Mm -hmm. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, man, how do I like I can only tweet so many tweets, you know, and then mm. I ha out of nowhere comes the buttercream dream. I just one day in a moment of, you know, being very manic, I come up with this character and it works like immediately. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, wow. Cause, cause I never, dude, I never, and this is not a knock on tray at all, but I was always like, no, I don't, I don't do videos. That ain't my thing. Like I'm a stand up comedian. That's what I do. But, I couldn't be that. So I had to figure out a way to do it. And this character really takes off and is successful. And then because of that, they, you know, they put me on cameo and I'm more busy with that. And then I was like, you know, I need my own podcast. I need to start separate, not separating myself from the group in like a, Oh, I don't, I don't like these guys. I love those guys, but it's just like, I need to shine and do my own thing. And, um, that, as you know, through the screen door is is more of a uh, uh, like a sketch kind of variety podcast. There was a lot of work that goes into it, and that's hard to do hungover, you know. <laughs> and so I was like, let's mm -hmm. let's let's calm down on the booze a little bit, and then I just stopped drinking, got healthier, and then like, yeah, it's like I had an idea for a video every day, and the next thing I know, I've got a oh, hundred thousand more followers, and I was like, dude, this is all because you feel better, and I'm just more creative. I know that's a very long answer, but it's a great answer. It's a but, great answer, man. Well, what does this look like on the other side of the pandemic circa 2035 or whenever we get out of this? Like what, <laughs> what does this look like? You know, when we're all in spaceships, are, do you think right. that you'll, um, do, do you think it'll continue the, 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 the your relationship? Cause, okay. Let me back up for a second. Cause I think, I think my relationship with alcohol is pretty similar to the way to yours mm -hmm. prior to, you know, the most recent couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually having a, a small drink right now to take the edge off because my dog got a hold of a baggie that I thought had weed in it. Oh my God. And it didn't. Thank God. Thank but good, dude. I've had that happen. It's a nightmare. Me too. And I know you have, and I, and you know how terrifying it is. And, and if you don't know, thankfully I know now, right? Like mm -hmm. I've been through it. So I know, but I don't know shit about weed. Like I'm not good yeah. at it. I don't do it. Me so, either. I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at it I, because of anxiety, which is another thing we should get to. But, um, because it just makes me anxious. Uh, but I think my relationship with alcohol is pretty similar to yours. And there's a lot of, from what I've heard you say, and there's a lot of times where I think to myself, like, you know, the stretches of time where I don't drink at all, I write so much and I, yeah. I play so much guitar and I create so many podcasts. So do you think this is a long-term life change for Corey Ryan Forrester? For sure. I like who I am right now. Now, like, you know, I've never once during all this, cause I haven't had a drink since November 28th. And the only reason I know that it was November 28th is because it was the Mike Tyson fight. Um, <laughs> I like who I am right now. And I'm sort of, you know, as I said, I'm a, I'm a bingy type person right now that I'm addicted to making 
videos and making um and and doing new things on my podcast and I'm, I'm like i'm like really addicted to creativity and i thought that i was before like obviously i've always been a very creative person it's my job and it's been my passion but like i don't think i ever allowed myself to truly experience the joy of creativity like now i i think about um writing a this week in southern history for through the screen door the same way i used to think about going to a bonfire and get drunk with my friends you know like and it's crazy because used to it was like well i do both like to me i was always like i go to the bonfire get drunk with my friends that's where i think of all the cool stories but then i just go on stage and i just kind of let it flow because i've always been a guy that writes on stage like i definitely write but like my writing process was always uh, you, I usually I think of the, the punchline first. Like I'll think of a hilarious line, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a great punchline." And then I work backwards, uh, and so then I'll have like, "Here's the beginning of the story, the joke," and I know that I have to get to this. But this part in here, that's what Corey on stage gets to do. And I would just get drunk and let it come out. And I considered my, I was like, "That's what Ron White does," but and that's <laughs> and that's great. That's all well and good, and I definitely can do. That some of that, but I didn't realize like how much better I could be if I actually started treating it like it's been my job for a while, but I never have like treated it 100% like my job. Like now I get up at 6 30 every morning. Like I get up when my wife, I try to stay on the same schedule as my wife. She's a teacher. That way we can just, you know, we can hang out. Um, and I get up and I, and I, I take a shower and I'm like, I'm get to be a comedian today. And it's the coolest thing. And now, like, I was thinking earlier, me and Trey were talking because we're working on a, a, I can't say what it is, but we're work, me and him are working on a new project together. And when we were talking about it, it really made me, I was so giddy and excited. And I was thinking about hanging out with Trey and I wanted to drink. <laughs> and I was like, Wait. I was like, you're not an alcoholic. You could go have a drink if you wanted to. Now the sports jinx person in me is like, you you've been so successful without a drink. I'm afraid that if I have a sip of alcohol, it's over. You know oh, what I mean? Dude, I God, our brains work so much alike, <laughs> I think. And, and I think because that's your anxiety talking. Yeah. Yes, it is. But it might be right. It's, it's not always yeah. wrong. You know, like most of the time right. my anxiety is full of shit, mm-hmm. but, but Mine too. it might be right there that right. like, you might be jinxing yourself if you do that. Probably not. You could probably go have a beer with yeah, Trey sure. while you're doing this thing, and it's fine. Yeah, but I'm sure I could. That's really interesting, though. So on the other end of all of this, um, what about those projects that have been so successful that you're fired You're fired up to do these things every day, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, you're going to go back out on the road eventually, I, I would assume. Yeah. That's you. That's what you do. You even said, like, I'm a stand-up comedian. That's what I do. But then these other things, not only have they been successful for you, but they're bringing people a lot of joy. Like, you're bringing more people into the fold. So how are you – have you thought about how you're going to balance all of that? What's that what that's going to look like? No. I, I mean, well, yes, actually. I've had, I've had so many moments where I sit there and I'm like – and I think basically – one thing that me and Trey and Drew have all talked about this, the one thing that is like going to happen, no matter if we try to fight it or try to the first weekend that we have shows and it's back to normal. Like when it's like, Hey, everyone, the pandemic's over. We can all go out. The club is full. Those (laughs) that first weekend of shows are either going to be the best shows people have ever seen, or they're going to be our worst shows because it's going to be almost impossible for us not to get sloppy fucking drunk just when we see each other. Like, we're going to want to do that. We're going to want to make up for lost time. And I know that's going to happen. To me, it's after that, what do I do? Because, But I think, like, you know, I've seen enough of how this has changed my career that the only way for me to balance, like, because I'm so busy right now with everything going on and I, and you don't, and I'm not even adding, and you got to get on a plane tomorrow. The mm-hmm. only way that I can keep this up is to maintain the lifestyle that I'm living right now. Um, and I think that every now and then it's totally fine. Hey, it's the end of the week. We've, we've had seven shows together. Let's have a beer. I, I, I think I can, I think I can discipline myself <laughs> to that. But I'll tell you this, if it turns out to be a situation where, look, Corey, you either can drink or you can't drink, I, I think I finally realized I can I can go without it because I much prefer 
the success, successful Corey, um, you know, uh, breaking out solo wise in comedy, that brings me a lot more joy than getting hammered drunk. Cause at the end of the day, you know, when I get drunk that I like it for two hours and then I hate the next 24 and I finally, it took me to, it took me 33 till I was 33 years old to fully understand that that's not worth it. That's earlier than a lot of people. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, that's good. You, you mentioned something in there and um, I'm, I'm definitely not, this is not like a gotcha question. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like, that's okay. Um, the, the fact that you guys, the three of you, you Trey and Drew have been such a package deal for so long and that you have, have been working together and that you've come up together. Um, and now you mentioned like the idea of kind of establishing your own identity and you talked about mm -hmm. sort of an identity crisis, right? Um, like, do how much do you worry at all, if at all, about uh, about like being associated as a package deal versus being your own individual comedian? That's a great question, and I I, I used to. <clears throat> it didn't really bother me so much because I was very, very, and still am for the record, still am very happy and very proud to be associated with, uh, you know, the liberal redneck Trey Crowder. If there's people, Andrew, but I'm saying like Trey, clearly the pack leader, he got us our start, um, you know, into success. I'm never going to be, if someone, all they ever associate me with is, Oh yeah, he's Trey's opener. I'm more than proud. That's totally fine. Um, but I do know that I'm better than that. Um, mm. and it is when we were touring, I never, I didn't really have a lot of time to think about it. Cause we were just go, 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 go. We're always working on a project together. And to me, I was like, look, success is success. If, if everybody thinks it's all because of Trey, whatever, I still get the check and I still get to write the damn show. You know, mm. it doesn't matter. But I will say that like, it feels nice to because if you just break down the numbers and i'm gonna you know this is kind of me i guess patting myself on the back a little bit and i hate talking twitter numbers but it's the only way for me to <laughs> quantify what it is that i'm actually talking about right now so before the before i started the buttercream dream i had seventeen thousand twitter followers so that's seventeen thousand people who more than likely all of them found out about me through trey okay then the buttercream dream happens and i get up to 50,000 followers, which is over double what I had, which means, by the way, that all of these people found out about me and it had nothing to do with Trey. And I was very aware of that. I was like, wow, these are your fans. I mean, no, you're on that. I, I can't wait to introduce them to Trey and Drew, but like these people came to you, you know, yeah. then the crazier thing is when I had this recent video go viral, I went from 50,000 followers to 190,000 followers. And you have to understand that those people didn't even know about the buttercream dream. Mm. So like I've had these three waves of like online success. And the one thing that I'm worried about is not so much like, hey, are you worried about being, you know, considered just a, a one member of a pack? My thing is, what are these people going to expect of my stand-up act when I get on the show because or get on the road? Because like the well-read people, I feel like what's crazy is like they kind of know me as the fat drunk, uh, you know, <laughs> party guy. Yeah. And I've turned into I've kind of disappointed them and I'm not that. And then this one group of people knows me as the buttercream dream. So are they going to expect me to go on stage and just scream the whole time? Mm. And then now this new wave of people, are they going to treat me like how the audiences used to treat Trey, which was if you don't go up there and do a straight from the headlines, Bill Maher type monologue, what the fuck mm. are you even doing here? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Man, so much in there. So <laughs> sorry about that. No, I'm, I'm a long-winded guy. I love it. I love it. So, because there, there's two things that I want to ask you about in there, and the, the the thing that stood out to me at first was. So I mean, the, the other question I think you've you've kind of answered, which is I think, which is that you're going to still have to wrestle with how to process all that when you get back out there, like oh, how yeah. to balance those things, and I, I would like to hear more about that, but also like. I find it so interesting that, and thank you for being so open about like, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of ego involved in absolutely everything we just talked about. Right. Like without a doubt, 
being just going on stage at all, whether it's a, yeah. a songwriter or a comedian or whatever you are doing and you're going on stage, there's that constant struggle, right? That constant balance between like, I think I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. I think people, I think I have something to say while also recognizing like, there are all these other voices that are incredibly important and I need to make sure that I'm working in that ecosystem. Absolutely. I mean, dude, that's right. Like if you're a comedian and you know how the business works and you know what it takes to go up there and then you see a comic that's on stage talking about how they think they're a loser and, and like the, I go, well, that's an act because no, they don't. Re- I mean, like, I guess you can do both, but like, yeah, yeah dude, if, if you're a person who walks out on stage and you fully expect to make a crowd of however many people <laughs> laugh and you expect your ticket price, like you expect these people to pay $25, $30 to see you, how can you go, I don't think anything of myself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, this is all bullshit. I so, like, yeah. no, dude, I have, I think, I would like to think I have a healthy ego and I'm fortunate that I have a lot of people in my life to keep it in check because there are sometimes, I mean, dude, when I put out a buttercream dream video and it gets like two or 300,000 views, I'm just like, well, I mean, you're on to something, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, man, like there, there's something to it. It keeps me going though, but I don't, it's never, it can't ever just be like, it can't just be I, I enjoy the thing that I put out there, uh, you know, but I, I, but in my mind, I'm like the thing that I put out there is better than someone who was trying to put the same thing out there. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not, and if it's not, I'll get better. And that's another thing too, is that I've become addicted, mm-hmm. not to just the creative process in finding, you know, sobriety. I've become addicted to the creative process. I've become addicted to uh, getting better at everything and uh, to, in order to do, the only way to get better is to acknowledge that you have room to grow. You know, like you can't, if you already think you're the best, you're not going nowhere. Like you have to be able to humble yourself and go, well, I'm not Brian Regan, but let's try to be. Mm-hmm. So how do you, but in, in that, okay, awesome. In that process, there has to be a feedback loop of some sort. Yeah. And you don't want that shit coming from the comment section or oh the my replies. God. <clears throat> so where are you getting, are you able to like, are you Trey and Drew and other um, comedians, friends of yours, are you able to give each other, do you sit around giving each other notes on yeah. jokes? Do you get a oh, yeah. back like that? Okay. All right. We do. We do. And there's like, I mean, for the most part, and this is how I am in real life for the most part, like with anything, I don't want to, we, and, and if you listen to my podcast, you know, that this is going to sound hypocritical, but it's literally the reason that we stopped doing the bad movie reviews is because that's not really who I am. Like I, I would, if, mm. if we're going to talk about a movie, I want it to be because I love the movie. If I don't mm-hmm. like, if I don't like the movie, I don't want to talk about it again. Like, I don't, I don't think I'd, I'm ever going to be the guy who goes online and is just like, don't go see this. It fucking sucks. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't help anything. So when we're, do when we're with jokes there's we don't necessarily go hey dude fuck that that's not going to work we do the correct thing i think which is try this instead you mm-hmm. know so we're constantly tagging each other's stuff and but at the end of the day it's not always this but i mean the numbers can pretty much tell you mm-hmm. like uh, the numbers a video gets oftentimes is how good it was it's not always like trey early on when i started making videos because he you know that's that's been his forte that's been his thing he told me he's like dude the worst thing you can do is compare numbers and expect like if you like if you post a video this week and it gets four hundred thousand views and the next one doesn't that doesn't mean it wasn't as good he's like because so often like the one that I think is the worst will get the most, you know, like we don't think like regular people do, you know, like you don't know what they're going to respond to. So going back to what you said about it can't be from the comment section, there's kind of like a balance you have to play with that too. Cause it's like, I can't look at all of them, but at the same time, I've got to know what works and what doesn't so that I can kind of edit myself on the fly, you know, cause you're not getting it from the audience right now. Right. And that's so interesting. Exactly. Because exactly. in comedy, you know immediately. Yeah. If I tell a joke 
and nobody laughs, that joke wasn't good. Or, I mean, sometimes it's like this crowd sucks, but if I tell it three times in a row to three different crowds and it doesn't work, that joke sucks. That's Dude, the comment section. You know, like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a teacher as well. What like, grade? Uh, I have sixth and seventh graders. Right on. Good for you. God bless you. Thanks, man. And I'm all online right now. So mm -hmm. um, in Florida, we had this fucked up thing where I had half of them in face to face, half of them online. Yeah. It was awful. It was unsafe. My wife was, was doing weird. that. Oh my God. I, bless her. Like it is so fucking impossible. Second graders. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody always says like, you know, sixth and seventh grade. Wow. You're doing the Lord's work and that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, but they're, they're like reasonable creatures, you know, yeah. like they're not just being like, I just made a poopy. And like, what, right. like, you know, at some point, I can just look at them and be like, you just threw a trash can. And they'll be like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that trash can. Whereas the right. second grader may not process that they threw the trash can, you know, or whatever. Like, for sure. For sure. It's a different animal. But but the exchange of energy, it's a double-edged sword because at the end of a, of most days, and I'm sure Amber can, can agree with this, is like at the end of most days when I'm face-to-face -face with kids, even if it's a good day, dude, I'm exhausted because Absolutely. I've exchanged so much energy with other humans. Yeah. And I'm an extrovert, but still like I'm exhausted. Whereas now when I'm online, it's way harder to gauge whether what I'm doing is landing. Yes. But at the end of the day, I'm not that tired. <laughs> it's a weird right. thing. No, I understand. No, I understand that. I've, I've got my buddy, um, my buddy, Matt Mitchell. He's a Casio kid. He's got a great podcast, Casio's Cut, shameless plug. He's in radio. And now that I do podcasts, I guess I understand it a little bit. But like, I've listened to his radio show before. I know he's funny, but I'm sitting there like thinking about it from his perspective of just like, how do you know? Like, you could mm -hmm. just be bombing. And now that we do those internet shows, it is a lot different. Like, in terms of, um, so when we're on the road and we do a show and that show is actually amazing or bad, it really doesn't matter. I can't go to bed for three to four hours because of my adrenaline or whatever, you know, because mm -hmm. the crowd gives it to me. Dude, with these uh, with these <laughs> online shows, dude, I can like, all right, when do I go on? Okay, I go on at 9.15. I'm going to take um, a sleeping pill in the middle of my set. They'll never see me do it. That way when I'm done, it'll be kicking in and then I'll go to sleep. You can, <laughs> you can do it different, you know, and I don't know. And that's the weirdest thing in the world, like doing, doing a set and it's like, okay, I just have to bury my head and get no audience feedback at all. The only thing is I've sort of trained myself for that because when I started doing stand up, it was in super loud bars and VFWs and stuff like that. And so I was trained to just, there's going to be noise and there's going to be a lot of people talking. So just keep going no matter what. So I've kind of got this, as you can tell, when I'm answering your questions, I don't have to take a breath. I can just keep going and keep talking and there's never any dead air. <laughs> so that's my only saving grace on those shows, but man, it's, it, what an adjustment and, uh, God, I hope it ain't forever, dude. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. I don't want to go down that road cause I have such little hope, but, um, <laughs> But I'm in Florida. I mean, you're in Georgia, shit. You see it. No, I know. <laughs> we're part of the problem. Hey, you guys, state, baby. I know I you know guys. What? Yeah, you guys yeah. are coming through. We're fucking. We got the worst <laughs> governor in the country. Um, and Rick Scott and Marco Rubio. Oh, dude, y'all suck. I ain't gonna front. Like yeah, I love y'all's beaches and coming down there, but like Florida's uh, on some next level shit, dude. We do, man. Go Gators. Anyway, I um, <laughs> I wanted to uh, to explore that for a second because I wonder what you just said about the idea that like um if if you're not getting the exchange of energy is does that at all impact your your commitment to craft in other words mm. do you have to be more by being more deliberate are you in in a way better at writing jokes and delivering those jokes if you don't get that exchange of energy and can't just ramble and kind of rant or whatever Absolutely. Uh, now, realistically, it's that I'm just writing a completely different style right now. So I don't know if were you at, did you go to our last uh, live stream show? I did not. No. Okay. Uh, well, good. Cause now I'm not repeating myself, but we did. So when we did that show, it was December uh, 12th or something like that. And we had just done one a couple months prior and you know, I'm going up top, I'm doing 30 minutes or whatever. And I was like, man, I, 
I did like the, 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 the online show before that I did 30 minutes of all pandemic related material because I thought, well, that, you know, that's everyone sitting there watching this from their computer. We may as well address the elephant in the room. Well, now I'm coming up on this other show that's months and months later, which is like, first off, if you write a really good 30 minutes in a year, that's great. That's mm. really great. You know, like a really good one. So now we're looking at a couple months later. However, the way I write materials, like on the road, seeing stuff different, dude, nothing in my life has changed in these three months. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've had no new experiences. Mm -hmm. and like when I talked to you guys about the pandemic and did 30 minutes of pandemic material, that's still the exact life I'm living. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't have any new material. And yeah, like if we were actually on the road, I, the, the one of the talents I have is taking a two minute cluster and turning it into 10 minutes, finding it on stage. I can do it. I can get rolling, but yeah, I can't do it there. So what I did was it changed the way I wrote. I was like, all right, it's December 12th. This is the show. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a year in review monologue i'm gonna write a monologue like a like a 30 minute monologue like johnny carson style from january until now we're gonna go through all the news and we're gonna do that so it's very much monologue style set up punch right so i did that i got amazing feedback i thought it went well i ended up doing it again on our on our podcast but like that dude i would never in a million years do that type of comedy on the road like mm -hmm. it wouldn't happen but because mm -hmm. of this i was like you got to do something different so everyone has had to sort of change themselves and i think because of that one of the silver linings is there's people that are finding out these hidden talents that they never would have tried before like it's made me stretch and pull some muscles pull some creative muscles frankly <laughs> but like there's so many things that i would have never dreamed to try this year and now uh, every episode of Through the Screen Door starts out with a monologue. It's not always great, but it's nice practice and it's fun, and it's something I would have never done before. So yeah, man, it's it's insanely different. But I cannot wait until I'm allowed to just write a joke on stage. I can't wait, man. <laughs> That's great. It's because I mean, like you said, stretching those muscles and and pulling some of those muscles is going to allow for at the other end of this to be. Um, the product is just going to be better because you now you've got now you can come at it from those different angles. It's sort of like uh, yeah. you know being a guitar player and knowing how to play classical guitar and then learning how to sure. play jazz guitar. You know, like being able to do all of those things and have any of them in your tool. You're just expanding your toolkit this whole time. I mean, it's like a weird kind of blessing in disguise, right? Like in so many no, ways, it is creatively no. Oh, it really is like, you know, this happens once every couple of years in every comedian's life where you go back and you listen to something that you, the, the last thing you recorded and you just hate yourself and you're just like, <laughs> well, well, why would, when did I ever think that was, I, that's a good thing though. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Like, you know, because it means you're growing. I can't believe that I've been able to be successful for the past four years without having, I've always been a dedicated person i've always had a good work ethic but like i was very just like yeah i work really hard at this one thing i can't believe that i've gotten anywhere without having the the amped up work ethic that i have now and realistically the only thing i can say is were it not for trey crowder like like people always joke like oh you guys are riding trey's coattails I don't deny that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was, I, I think that I brought, I, like if you went to see our shows, I don't think anyone that saw me would think like, oh, he's lucky to be here. Like I put on a hell of a show. I'm, I'm a great comedian. But at the same time, I was like, hey, Trey is the one being famous. And then I get to go do all this other stuff. Like I will fucking straight up tell you, like I was absolutely riding Trey's coattails as it were. Uh, but this pandemic forced me to be like, hey, dude, um, that can't happen right now. You need to figure something out and not to brag, but, uh, the, the loan aside, I've, st I've still managed to figure out how to be financially successful this year, staying at, being a stay at home comedian, which until this year, I did not know was a thing. Yeah. Well, like it probably really wasn't unless you had already yeah. like retired, maybe, you know, somebody yeah. who, <clears throat> excuse me, had done it for a long time and had that built up audience. But I mean, another thing about your relationship with Trey and Drew is that, you know, you guys are sharpening each other all the time. I mean, oh, yeah. again, like, you know, yes, 
yes, Trey popped off, you know, before you guys did, but, but that doesn't mean that you're not continuing to, to sharpen each other and grow, you know, and what you're doing now is different from what he does and what he did. I mean, there's a similar vein, right? But yeah, the things that you're doing now aren't like the same kind of thing that he's doing really. No, I mean, you know, here's the deal. At the end of the day, me and Trey are, are we're very, very different in some ways, but we have a, a lot of the same interests, like so many of the same interests. And we're both p very politically aligned and we're both from the South. So that's going to translate to we what we do seems that we're in the same genre. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's like I just I had to because they're uh Luckily, I haven't seen too many people that are like, oh, you're just a Trey Crowder ripoff. I haven't, and I can't believe that. But, like, the thing I've had to just say over and over, and Trey says to me all the time, he's like, hey, I don't own having a Southern accent, being a liberal, and making videos, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like realistically, I want, I want more people. If somebody ever tells me, hey, this guy, he's a Corey Forster, uh, he's ripping off Corey Forster, and it's just – a redneck who uh, has empathy, I'll be like, good. I was trying to inspire good people to speak up. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. if the some bitch puts a wrestling belt over his shoulder, you call <laughs> me. Uh, but even then, like, I don't own that. Like, I'm just stealing from wrestlers. So, yeah. Um, yeah but no, we we um, we, you know, we encourage each other. We we like you said, we sharpen each other. There's all like even if you don't say it out loud, there's always a healthy competition. Like mm -hmm. I'm certain that whenever I put out a video, Drew's sitting there thinking like, I got, I want to make something this week that does even better than that. And I do the same. Like I do the same. Uh, but it's it's not in like a in like a fuck y'all kind of way. It's just right. like we're you know we're men and we're sports fans. That's how that goes. No, yeah. Oh God, I can relate, and it's why I listen to you every week, two times a week at least. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, for sure, man. I thank you. I mean, it's so it's so crazy how like you and I met once briefly. I don't know if you remember it, but in Jacksonville. No, I do. Um, yeah, and but we. I, I feel like I know you so well because I consume so much of what you're creating. Right. You know, it's such an interesting thing. Um, all right, you have very little time, and I want to honor that time. And I had I had a couple of uh, things I definitely wanted to hit. One okay. was you mentioned wrestling. The buttercream dream is a character of yours um, that has been so successful lately. Who are the most? And I, I grew up. So here's my Macho Man toy I got for my 40th birthday. I love that. <laughs> so like I grew up obsessive. I don't really watch it anymore, but. But I grew up a, a obsessive. Who are the most creative wrestlers? And again, we don't have much time, and I hate this, but that's like, okay. Uh, I can it, fire it off. Yeah. By the cool. way, we can always do a part two someday. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we probably will need to. So, um, thank you. The who are the most creative wrestlers? The in, the true inspirations for me, the name the Buttercream Dream came from i knew i wanted it to be something dream because i was always a huge dusty Rhodes fan mm -hmm. and he was the american dream and so me and my manager nat were just sitting there talking and i and she said she goes well you love dairy and then it just <laughs> went down to, I was like i was like cheese dream milk dream and then i just said cream dream and i was like well, well hold on butter cream dream and then i was like i hate to pat my but the, the name is by far the best part of the oh, like great. i've never made a i've never made a video that's better than the creation of the name to it's me great. if to me if it's not called the buttercream dream it's not as successful like i do think the name is perfect so mm -hmm. i was a big dusty Rhodes guy macho man huge like you can take like some of my promos like when i get you know mm -hmm. I, I change mm -hmm. my inflection that's all macho man yeah. there's a lot of rick flair in there but the Mick Foley's always been a huge inspiration to me. And that's why I have the multiple characters that are all in the Buttercream Dream universe. Like Aunt Lita is the Buttercream Dream's aunt. Uh, and you know, all these other characters, they they have a they have a relationship that's like kind of my little MCU. That's so, so that's fun. the Mick, that's the Mick Foley in me. That's so fun. Um, what about what are you we we usually kind of end on what you're getting down on art wise? Um, you were talking with Trey today. I was listening to the most recent through the screen door, and you were kind of talking about how music has been. You haven't consumed music in the same way yeah. because you're not on the road for for it was a big reason. Um, it, so, but 
still, I mean, I'm sure you're still listening to all kinds of stuff. Of and what what are you consuming? Books maybe you've read or, or yeah. songs? Like something's got you fired up right now, art-wise. For sure. So here's how my day goes. If I'm not creating, I'm consuming. And uh, anybody out there, if, if for some reason there is a young uh, aspiring artiste, the best advice I can give you is you don't have to feel guilty uh, to watch a lot of television or to listen to a lot of If it's in your field, like you should do that. Like, you know, um, if like I, we talked about it on that on that episode, if you don't have time to read, you don't have time to write. So in the morning when I take my shower, which I take a lot, I, I take probably at bare minimum two showers a day, sometimes three and four. Mm. I, that's one of my weird things. Mm. I have a shower radio that my mother-in-law gave me and it's right now it's always the Punch Brothers or Nickel Creek. Ooh. Some some form of bluegrass for me for some reason it's just good shower music i've got my alpine uh soap i I feel like i'm in the mountains listening to mountain music you know what i mean so i get out and then uh while i'm drinking my tea and waiting for the caffeine to take effect i'm currently watching rectify i'm on season two episode nine and everything you've heard about it is true it is absolutely brilliant it's heart wrenching. It's tremendous television. Uh, shout out to Ray McKinnon, who I believe won some Emmys for that. I know he won an Oscar for The Accountant, but it's a tremendous show. Then I go on my daily walk. Uh, and when I'm in the woods, currently I'm listening to Rush Limbaugh's A Big Fat Idiot by Al Franken. I just finished Lying Liars and the Lies They Lie by Al Franken. Uh, so I've been on a real political um, kick lately. And the reason is, is because I do more political comedy now and I don't want to be a hip. I want to know what I'm talking about. And I don't for the record all the time. And I'm be the first to admit that. Um, so I'm real like I list, I've listened in the past couple months to all the slow burns, you know, on Watergate, on the Clinton Lewinsky scandal, on the David Duke uh, running for governor or whatever. I'm I'm really trying to do what I should have done a long time ago, and I'm sort of playing catch up education wise. So when I'm walking in the woods, I usually try because I walk three and a half to four hours a day. So I really try to make that time count, and I'm trying to listen to something that's educational. Um, if even if it is just like industry educational, like I'll listen to a podcast like the Writers Panel. You know, hearing a bunch of TV show writers talk about their process. I just mm. I'm kind of. Um, I'm, I, you might've heard it on through the screen door. I think you talked about, I'm ashamed now so much that I didn't go to college that I'm trying to like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm tutoring myself in all this stuff. So, right. I'm like a real education kick because frankly, you know, I, like I said, I've always been in our group. My dynamic has been like, I'm the fat drunk idiot. And mm. As I can say all that pains me that people think that way, but be like, I earned it. I earned it so much. Like, you know, I was kind of a fat drunk idiot and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to make up for lost time. And, and like, if I'm going to go talk shit about Marjorie Taylor green and I'm going to, I need to know politically what I'm talking about and where I stand. And like morally, I always know it's like, I don't have to read something to know that, if you think there are Jew lasers, you're crazy. Yeah, I don't need yeah. to be any type of politics for that. But like, you know, we could all stand to bone up on our edge, on our constitutional education. Mm -hmm. And the buttercream dream is working on a series called the buttercream dream shouts the constitution. So I've been reading a lot of that. Dude, I laughed so hard when you read the 25th amendment. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I laughed my ass. That's off. what inspired it. When the buttercream dream, sorry, when the buttercream dream read it, uh, just I was about so, to say, what? I didn't do shit. Yeah, so fucking funny, dude. I like cackling at it. Cord, this has been such a pleasure. I know you got to go. I am so Thanks, grateful. Man. Next time, uh, I do let's do part go. two soon. Let's do it, and let's go down that road. I want to, let's think about this. I want to go down that road about about college and and the decisions uh, yeah. around all of that and all and everything, man. I'm, dude. Thank you so much. Absolutely, let's put it in the books uh, soon, because for real, like I, I, you know, I hate that I have to go. This thing just kind of sprung up on me, and I, it's you know, it's one of them things I can't be like, sorry, y'all, sorry, no. CBS, but right, exactly. No, I'm so grateful for your time, Corey, and I will, uh, I'll reach back out and we'll, we'll figure something out. Thanks, man. I appreciate you very much. Have a great night, man. Talk to you later, my friend. All righty, cheers.
I hope you're fucking happy and sad, you fucking little piss pants pieces of shit. Ooh, we're gonna storm the Capitol. Let's storm the Capitol. We're patriots. You're a fucking coward. Patriots. Jesus Christ. Fucking idiots that I played high school football with wearing a goddamn American flag bandana talking about we gotta get up there and storm. We gotta take our country back. From what? From fucking what? What are you so goddamn upset about? What has anyone ever done to you? You fucking entitled piece of shit. Don't you ever fucking call me one again. Don't you ever say, Corey, you fucking snowflake. You're a liberal. That means that y'all look, look, look. What? Want some people to not be sick every now and then? Is this the thing that you can't fucking stand? So you've got to get in your goddamn fucking piece of shit Ford F-150 you got from your dad, drive it to D.C. and pitch a fucking fit? Is that what it is? Is it healthcare? Is is it still with the fucking guns? Is that what? What is it? You said Obama was taking them. Eight fucking years ago you said that. Nothing. What is it that this country hasn't fucking given you? You literally got escorted out of the Capitol building aside from the ones that they had to fucking shoot. Is that what it takes? Did you just want to be a fucking martyr? God, you're so fucking pathetic. Do you not ever just sit there and think, my kids are going to see this. My grandkids are going to see this. They're going to put it in the textbook, and you're going to look like the dumbest motherfucker in the world. Nobody will give a shit about Watergate. Nobody. That is fucking... Dude, I'm out of breath from how stupid y'all are. What is it that this country doesn't give you that you think you have to do some bullshit like this? But when you see a fucking black person actually get shot... No gun in their hands. Nothing. Oh, they should just comply. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. What is your goddamn problem? Quit giving... Just quit embarrassing me, man. I want my fucking country back. How about that? God damn it. Fuck y'all, you fucking cowards. Corey Ryan Forrester, y'all. Thank you so much, Corey. Thank all of you for listening. Head over to supportyaboys.com to show love for the work that Corey and Matt Coon are doing. WellReadComedy.com for all things WellRead Comedy. That's W-E-L-L-R-E-D Comedy.com. When things open up, go see the WellRead guys, y'all. I'm telling you, you'll have a good time. I promise. Also, give uh, Corey a follow on Instagram and Twitter. He is amazing on those channels. He does such a good job. There's both the hilarious and the serious. And uh, and I don't know how he keeps up with it. He has so many followers and he still interacts quite a bit with people. Speaking of social media, follow us over on those channels as well. Marinadepodcast.com for links to the socials and uh, written pieces, concert photography, website exclusive episodes, all kinds of content over there. If you really like what we're doing, as I mentioned earlier, please consider joining our Patreon community. We're just for just a few bucks a month. You can get exclusive content uh, like a listen to my song, Corey Fucked a Bear, which was inspired by an email exchange with our guest, Corey Ryan Forrester. No, for real. I wrote a song called Corey Fucked a Bear about a hypothetical uh, bear copulation. Uh, if that kind of thing doesn't do it for you, there are a, a lot of other reasons to join. Our show, Jason's Journey, talks about the moments that shape my creative life. We also uh, release videos of conversations and bonus content. Um, I used to have a segment on the show called What I'm Getting Down On that I used to put at the end here, and that's now moved over to Patreon. So if you want to hear about the art that's inspiring me at the moment, the, the records, the music, the films, whatever it is, Go on over to uh, go on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash marinade podcast uh, to, to interact that way. The biggest thing about it, everybody, is that, you know, I just get a chance to interact with fans of the show, people that really appreciate what we're doing. This is a labor of love, um, but making it uh, somewhat viable through the contributions, the generous contributions of our Patreon patrons is awesome. It, it makes a huge difference, y'all. Um, you know, I would I can create anyway I'm, and i'm going to you know i'm gonna do this work i love it um but i have a goal for the patreon where we can get to the point that you know i have some time off i, I work as a as a teacher so when i have time off um i would love to be able to just dedicate myself full time during those breaks to the show and really be able to bring deeper level content with amazing artists if you give me time like i'm not the kind of person who sits around it's just not I'm not good at it. <laughs> I start to get way too anxious if I'm just sitting around. So 
my hope is that we're able to, you know, I don't have to do the stereotypical teacher thing in the summer and take on a second job. My hope is that we can make this kind of like a second job because that's a fucking blast. And uh, that sounds like a great summer to me. <laughs> I travel around the country and interview uh, artists, especially now that things are opening up. I got my first vaccine shot as a teacher. Florida's a little weird about the rules, but um, I fell within one of those categories. Got my first vaccine. Folks, go get vaccinated when you can, please, because I love you and I want us to all hug if we want to hug and high five and be out in the world and enjoy ourselves again. I can't fucking wait to go and see a festival. I cannot wait to camp and wake up with half of a hangover and stumble into the woods to pee and like all the shit that comes along with it. I can't wait to go to a festival. It's been so damn long. So please get vaccinated, and uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.